The following contains adult language, content, and description of actions that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm JR. Thank you for tuning in. Actors Masterclass is brought to you by Thelma Rose. Imagine the best prices in brand new furniture, home decor, clothing, even gifts for children. All available at Thelma Rose Thrift Store and Thelma Rose Treasures Thrift Boutique. With hundreds of items every day in your favorite brands and styles at unbeatable prices. From our store right to your home. Check out the website at ThelmaRoseTreasuresBoutique.com. Dressers from $60, tables from $45. We even have items for children. We have everything from a pin to an anchor. Thelma Rose Thrift Store, located on Athens Highway next to Papa John's and Thelma Rose Treasures Thrift Boutique. 1990 Main Street East, Suite F, Snellville, Crown Point Plaza, next to Mellow Mushroom. Call 678-691-4020. Pickup available and donations accepted. Thelma Rose, your community thrift brand. Grandison, and you're listening to the Actors Masterclass with J.R. Watkins. Hi. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing? I'm good. I can't see you. Oh, you can't? Sorry. I'm seeing D. Uh, Grandison. So welcome to the Actors Masterclass. Tell me, how did you, why did you decide to come into the entertainment slash acting slash theater slash film business? Kind of started a couple years ago, almost, a couple is not right, almost, almost 10 years ago. And I was asked or was thrown at me or recommended, hey, go back to school and take up film. Because at the time I was still very involved as a graphic designer um, and, you know, and art directing in a commercial space. So I took a course, I was like, I don't know, where is this direction coming from and if it's worth pursuing. And then I took a continuing ed summer program on intro to filmmaking. And I started on film, on a bollocks and it changed my life. It was definitely a medium where I felt like, oh, this is where I can exercise my own voice. Um, when you're in a commercial space doing design for other people, it's your voice you're lending to their idea. So it's a different form of expressing that creative muscle. And then I like the fact that this one existed. I'm like, I have things I want to say. And I could really say what I want to say. So um, that's how I wound up in that space. So that's an interesting story for me. My story is really weird. Like I wanted to go to Norman Manley Law School and ended oh, up wow. at, at the Edna Manley College. Don't let's, let's not talk about no more about that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what was that first thing that you did that, that made you know that, Hey, this is it. We had to create, you know, one of the, one of the takeaways of the class is, you know, creating your own film. And I had to do a one minute silent film. So the first was just cracking the code of like, what does it mean to, to write? (laughs) And, um, then after I got past the writing, everything else kind of fell together. It was you know, conceptualizing, I'm already a visual speaker. So I was like, okay, let me get all these ideas in my head and, you know, 
see how I'm going to see it play out. And I just watch it play out. And then I interacted from auditioning to interacting with the talent and being the person on camera. The whole experience was, was just really fulfilling. And the icing on the cake happens when it plays to an audience and you hear the audience respond on the notes that you set. And you're like, oh, wait, okay, all right, I can do this. And that, that was, you know, the process that got me there. So you started as a producer for many people. No, it, it was, the course was you were going to write and shoot a, a short film. So it wasn't that I was a producer. I was the filmmaker responsible for every knit and cranny. You know, it was a very small class <laughs> and we are essentially the camera person you might be able to bring on someone else's camera but ideally you're supposed to be on camera you know however they worked out it was a little summer course and that that was it so I wouldn't say I started off as a producer I would say I started off as a writer director so why did you camera what, person how did you end up as a producer um I don't really consider myself a producer but I have produce productions so that kind of happened when I went back to school to do my to do a to do a master's I'm like okay this I'm kind of starting late in the game and I wanted to play a different kind of catch up um, and create different relationships so one of the requirements was to graduate was to have a thesis film and in that process you have colleagues and then when we're done with school, everyone has a new project. And then your colleague would say, hey, can you work with me on this? And that's how you wind, that's how I wound up producing um, other short films. But my real focus is, my, my trajectory is writer-director, but I have produced and I do produce at times. So not everybody who enters the, the film business get to do exactly what they want to do. How did yep. you shape that opportunity? Like what, what was special about your scenario? Was it in Jamaica? Was it in New York? What was special about your scenario that, that allowed you the opportunity to do exactly what you wanted to do? Um, being in... Being in the field as a graphic designer for as long as I did, it's, I learned some very key things. And one of the first things I learned in my very first interview when I graduated from college, however long ago that was, um, my first Which interview college was, was that? Which college I went was to, that? for graphic design and advertising, um, I went to Fashion Institute of Technology, AKA FIT. And, um, when I left that school and I had my first interview, was it a job that I really wouldn't have been interested in? And the guy was just, you know, he was a, like my dad's friend. He became like a referral. And he sat me down and said, oh, you know, you have like your portfolio and everything. And asked me what I really, you know, where I see myself. And he said, this is my first piece of advice I'm going to give you. I don't think this job is for you. I'm like, <laughs> and, but I, my, my advice to you is as you move forward, choose your jobs carefully. Because whatever you do and even if you get good at it, that's what people will always know you for. And that's what they call you for. And if that's not where you want to be, just be a little bit more pragmatic. So I've been in the design industry for however long. And I've done a lot of, um, played a, a couple of, bit of different industries from magazine to music to finance and et cetera. And I really do try and make sure that I, I, I crafted that kind of name for myself and the skill set. So when I got into film and at this point in my life, 
I'm like, I know I'm supposed to say yes to everything. So I, I tried everything and I quickly figured out what I did not like. And I quickly understood what I do not want to be known for. And I just took the risk and I would say no. I love that. I figured out what I did not like and what I want to be known for. I yeah. love that. I love that. I love that. I realize you, you've been using a lot of Jamaican talent in your production. I saw Keisha Pat um, Kimberly Patterson, Jerry Benswick in, in your 2018 production. Tell me about that production and, and making films. Would you rather work with Jamaicans or Americans? And, and what's the edge? And what do you find with the Jamaican talent versus the American talent? Um. First off, talent is talent. Um, if it's raw, it's there. And if they give it to you, I, I don't find a distinction between countries in that sense. It was more the stories. So like my very first film that I did, the very, very, very first one, I shot with a Jamaican talent as well. A little coincidental. I knew her, Barrett McCauley. She's known from like Royal Palm Estates and way back then <laughs> um she hasn't acted in years but you know i was doing this production she said i'll do it with you fast forward um a lot of my stories will always interweave some jamaican thread it's just in me like i just think we have stories where they can they can either be on the island or off the island or and integrating these characters into my stories is something that i'm very invested in doing so that's the best way i could answer that particular question. Um, I enjoyed working in Jamaica though. It was the first time I was shooting in Jamaica versus hair. And that was an amazing experience. Uh, just being on a set where you hear your accent, you know, it, it, it's home. And then to watch home just function like an awesome machine and everyone just got things done. And it, it just felt Maybe I was just being too nostalgic, but for all the nostalgia that I was having, it was an it was just a beautiful experience. Every night wrapped. Of course, as a director, I always wrap with, okay, what do I have to do the next day? But I got to really live off the high of the, the talent <laughs> when I was dropping them home. Like, oh my God, that's such a great scene. I listened to DP. I'm like, oh yeah, I will soon join them. <laughs> but I lived off of their high of, and it always kind of confirmed that it, you know, it was a good day. So working with Jerry was awesome as well because being that he's also a seasoned director and actor and when he could even turn to me and say in the final day he goes you know you got something I was like oh shit is that's a lovely honor to receive so um from young to old older you know or just more seasoned it's it's uh it's it was refreshing and just humbling to continue to just receive good feedback even on the work how do you get your films funded Begging, just beg money, <laughs> essentially. Um, two things, I, I've invested money and I will do a fundraise and get like a small portion, um, maybe at a different phase of it. Um, so like my very, my thesis film was the mix of grants, my, my personal investment and um, crowdfunding, got, got like a thousand or so off of that. The next one, um, my personal money as well went to family because this this one the the one you're referring to unspoken that I did with Kim and and Jerry I'm turning that into a feature so that became more like I can kind of raise a stake and go to an investor and say can you invest in me and this dream so I got some investment money there to at least get the concept 
out to which I, you know, did the festival run with and and I'm using it to to uh, to, to give a snippet of what the story is. Mm, nice. And these these fundraisers, um, they happen in Jamaica or they happen overseas? Well, because I'm based here in New York. Um, okay, that's a fair question because it's not one place. Uh, it's both places. So like even with this current film, Unspoken, the investor that helped me with the short film is based in Jamaica. Um, so I am still looking to the island because it's a Jamaican story and you're hoping Jamaicans would want to invest in their stories. And at the same time, I'm looking, I'm looking all over. I look in the US, I'm looking in the UK, I'm looking wherever opportunities arise where someone is looking to invest in a, in a, in a, in a new, new story. And hopefully, you know, this one is the one that they're like, oh, I love it and I want to latch on. With, with streaming, recently, I, I mean, this week, Amazon bought MGM for $9 billion. And I know that's going to open up an influx of intellectual property acquisition from, from both small creators and large studios in Hollywood. Are you focused on streaming and, and getting your stuff in streaming culture versus the, the traditional theaters? Um, especially now, yes. So the, if the pan, I always was interested in streaming. I of course wanted to have a theatrical release. COVID manifested and it kind of changed the playing field. Um, of course I want to go, I want to stream as well because it gives me more and more global reach to the international market of Caribbean, Jamaican and Caribbean people that live worldwide. So it's easy, it's, it's more access in that sense. So now with the uncertainty of like what theatrical release will mean, I'm not as, I must have my theatrical release first. Like I don't think I'm as fixed on, on that being my must, but I definitely am like, I would love a streaming deal. Someone gave it to me. What? I'm gone. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> and now, do you think? Do you think the stories that you tell? Because this is one of the problems that that persons say that Jamaican themed films have is that it's a smaller audience. Do you think what's the ingredient that you put in your film to make sure that it has mass audience potential? Um. I guess for me, I also, the type of stories that I want to tell, they, I look at Jamaica and we're, our, our motto is out of many one people. So I kind of always feel like we've found a way to, to watch our ethnic group live and work in a certain, in a certain way. And I think it's harmonious. I don't think it's always absolutely perfect. So I always have this idea and you come to the States and then you kind of have to adjust and use like New York. It's, it's um, I think it's an ideal melting pot. I get to meet more people from the world, but yet you can still see the divided, the divided lines. So I'm inspired to tell stories that really bring cultures together and we're, we don't feel so rigidly divided that these stories can never integrate. I think it's time we heal as a world <laughs> and stop seeing each other as separate people. So I would like to tell stories 
where I can always find a very diverse um, characters. Uh, I also am currently drawn to stories of, you know, they fall under the untold um, or the voiceless and they're still relatable because in, in all honesty, life happens to everyone. And we might all experience it in different ways, but these, you know, um, the, the, if you're violated, glorified, whatever, everyone is experiencing within their own culture. So I think my stories are relatable in that sense. It's just a character I'm asking you to see this person in this light instead. So that, that's what I would like to bring to the screen when it's like my pet projects. What advice would you give to young people especially who want to enter the business as actors, directors, producers, whichever role, what advice would you lay on them? Um, well, that's an interesting one because it kind of stems, I would probably have to hear what their path is. You know, where do they want to wind up? I love to share any information or any knowledge I found along the way. And it kind of is more organic based on where someone is going. Uh, so I, outrightly, I want to tell more people to get up and just believe in their, their, their craft and their voice and find their voice. But at the same time, honor knowledge and always find out ways to keep sharpening your tools. Actors, they have to go to workshops. They might not be working. They might not be on a project, but they keep exercising their tools. They find classes to take. They find ways to make sure they can step into to a character and deliver. And it's a constant tool you're always working. It's not like, you know, you, you have it and it done, right? And I believe the same thing for writers, directors, Find, find um, workshops to keep like growing because there's, there's always room for growth. So I, I love to do that. Would you consider yourself as being in Hollywood? No, I want to be. <laughs> I, I feel like a very indie um, filmmaker right now. Um, a couple of times I've visited California. I'm like, whoa, I really, I really do live in an indie world in New York. Um, the, the energy, uh, the way we speak, it, it feels different. Um, I have, I don't yet, I, I haven't literally, I, have, no, I don't think I've ever crawled. I don't think I'm there yet, <laughs> but I do consider my, I do feel that indie filmmaker spirit in my, in my approach and the projects I've been doing and who I've been working with, if that and answers. And that makes it easier for you to use foreign talent because they'd have to be a part of the unions, et cetera. Okay, so now that's, that, that, that becomes like a different uh, challenge, right? Because it depends on who your investor is. So if you are looking for an investor that's going to put X, Y money and if they understand the industry to some extent, they will be motivated by the talent. And some people, even if they don't, they're just motivated by the talent. Jamaica would be motivated by Jamaica. Um, they would be happy to see Jamaicans behind it. I found here, and because I'm a little bit of a stickler, 
for wanting to have, if I'm doing a Jamaican story for wanting to have Jamaicans, I will go and I will do my research and I will find out who is Jamaican <laughs> and reach for that performer and want that person that's in that's in a noteworthy space if it if it's what I need for Hollywood to to green light me. So I will I will play within the parameters. And I, I, I have been doing that even with this feature film, like when I put together my lookbook and my Dreamcast. So I do have that, that there in place, but I am I'm definitely honoring wanting a Jamaican actor, actors to play the roles if I could have my way. Okay. And what do you want to see? Like, where, where do you want to go? Where do you want to take your company, your production company? Like, what's next for you? I guess I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a realist as well. Because I remember when when we grad, when I graduated from my master's program, my, call, my classmates would be like, so, Denise, you know, would you do TV and commercials? I said, yes, I would like to eat. I don't think everybody makes a movie every three months. <laughs> so... I'm practical in that sense. Um, there is still room to exercise one creative voice in despite the format. So for me, I would love to, where I'd love to see the, the company grow to is, you know, doing commercial, still being able to do commercial work and even making like, and changing even the, the language that, that my, have my language translate in a commercial. Um, and at the same time, be able to work in the episodic series space as well as make some more films. I'm definitely a, like a, a period piece junkie. So I, I'm excited to just find a lot more even, I guess I'm very Jamaican centric. Jamaica is my first go-to. I want to find more Jamaican stories. And in my head, I'm like, how do I dig into and, my and father's head? there's so many of them. Like, not even going to your father. Like, off the cuff, there's Miss Lou. There's Marcus Garvey. There, there are all these stories about language, about culture, about struggle that are just, like, right there on top. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, we're actually very much, uh, that's why I'm listening to you. Because everything you say, I'm finding commonality with it in terms ah. of how you, you you laid out your business. And I started as an actor, though. Okay. I started acting. I, I did a play, not a play, a movie called Better Must Come. And when I got paid, I was on set every night. And when I got paid, I was like, wow, this can't sustain a family. I need to be the one with the budget. And it was at that moment I decided that, I need to be a producer. I need to control the narrative. I need to tell my own stories. And, and I too have been in advertising. I've been in all parts of the movie business, making films, all of that. Um, so I do truly appreciate your journey and, and, and where you are. And that's why I started this podcast to, to hear from people and have them tell their stories so that other people can learn that to become an artist, we have to be entrepreneurs. That's, yes. It's like, the, the the deal that we sign up for is you have to run your own show or is people going to run you? Yeah. My last question is less of a movie question and more of a music question. Okay. As, a, as okay. a Jamaican, what kind of music uh -oh. are you listening to? Um, like right now, every now and again, it just drop a little, the old days of my, of my years of 18 and 19, which really took me back to like, you know, fresh vegetable or... 
You know, I go, I go way back there sometimes. <laughs> Putting mm. that dance mix in your old school <laughs> bojo, your old school beanie. Um, and even something as <laughs> as uptown ranking. Like I, I've been finding myself in that little sweet old, just like easy sway in this present moment. But when I catch a tune, I kind of feel a little removed at times from just being so far and I don't turn on the radio. I really have to kind of just rely on me discovering something. If I'm like, you know, on IG or I'm listening to something, sometimes my son, I happen to have an 18-year-old son, he will play a tune or I'll catch something. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And I, I start deep diving into what's current. But <laughs> I generally kind of live in my, my high school days a lot. Super cool, super cool. Thank you so much, so much, Danae. Thank you. You've been doing <laughs> well. I I looked up all your reels and stuff, and I'm very proud of you. And I believe a lot of people will be too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> your lips are God's ears, please. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope to meet <laughs> you soon and yes. to work with you one day. I would love that. <laughs> all righty, let's keep in touch. All right. Yes, please. All right. Thank you so thank much. You for and thank you for having me. It was an honor to be on your show. I'm super, really super, super. My name is Danae Grandison, and I'm watching the Actors Masterclass. Cool. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> but I don't sound too robotic. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I took the classes, but uh, <laughs> I respect the art enough to know to go and take the class. Actors Masterclass is brought to you by Thelma Rose.